Hi, this is Father Simon Lobo, and you are listening to the St. Benedict Parish Homily Podcast. Eight days ago, the people of Hawaii received what could only be called a life-changing message. You remember? Emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Can you imagine? Everyone receiving this on their mobile phones, on on the radio, on the television. Can you imagine being in that situation? I'm sure we all asked ourselves that question. What would I do if I received that message? It's rather terrifying, isn't it, to even conceive that possibility. And we did hear news that many people did, I think, what most of us would do, and that was in whatever minutes we thought we had left, they reached out to their loved ones. There were a lot of texts and voice messages and phone calls saying one thing, I love you. Taking the time to do the thing that we probably should do every day. There was one man whose response to this life-changing message was rather unique. And I saw it in an exchange of text between he and his son who did not live in Hawaii. And the son sent him a text uh, with the false alarm warning. 38 minutes later, 38 minutes it took them to put up the false alarm. So he sends the false alarm message to his dad Dad responds, he says, yeah, I know, people ran out screaming at breakfast. The son says, that's crazy, what did you do? Father says, the line went down, so I got more food at the buffet. (laughs) Cleared out the place. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, clearing out a buffet would not be my immediate reaction to this life-changing message. But I give it to the guy, he acted with precision and with urgency in having the best breakfast in his life. This morning we've heard from the Gospel of Mark and we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Mark these next four weeks until Lent. And I think that the Gospel of Mark can be called a life-changing message. And certainly, the portion of the gospel we heard today at Mass is a life-changing message. Mark's gospel is a very unique gospel. It's probably one of, probably the first gospel written. Most scholars consider it to be the earliest gospel. It's one of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They, they look very much alike. And what is unique about Mark is that it was written for a non-Jewish audience. It was written probably for the Christians who lived in Rome. It's the shortest of the Gospels, and it focuses a lot on what Jesus did, his actions. It really is an action-packed Gospel. Other Gospels put much more emphasis on the words of Jesus, the teachings. But Mark gets right down to action. It's filled with action words, and you'll see even in the Gospel reading today, the word immediately happens all the time. In in Mark's gospel, everything is immediately. That's why this preaching series is called On Your Mark, Get Set, Go. Was that a cheer back there? That sounded like a cheer. (laughs) 
because the life-changing message that we find in the Gospel of Mark is one that moves us to action. It moves us to a faith that ends in action, not a faith that sits back and reflects, a faith that is passive and abstract, but one that leads us to action. And in the Gospel this morning, we hear two invitations that compose a life-changing message. And these are real invitations. This is a real, authentic message. It's not a, it's not a false message. It's real. And the first message is this. To, the first invitation is to discover Jesus. To discover Jesus for ourselves. Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. These are his very first words in his public ministry. He says that the kingdom of God has drawn near, that the time is fulfilled. Repent and believe the good news. Now many of us, when we hear those words, we perhaps think of the words that are spoken to us on Ash Wednesday when we get our ashes. And often the way we interpret these words is, God is coming, you better change or you're gonna be in trouble. Is what we often, how we often hear those words. But when we actually look at this message of Jesus, it, in its original context, it, it's actually got a rather different connotation. What Jesus is saying is, is that God, God has already come. The kingdom is in your midst. It's now that this is a, the perfect moment. God has come to you. And so change your mind. Change how you think about the whole thing. And believe the good news. Believe the good news that God is coming in love and mercy, that you are known and loved. And that this coming of God in love and mercy has got nothing to do with you. You didn't deserve it, but he's coming. And so change your entire way of thinking and learn to trust this God who offers an invitation to every single one of us. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it to the full. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, when Jesus proclaims the kingdom of God, in a sense, as the famous Canadian philosopher once said, the medium is the message. This has never been more true than with the incarnation. The message that, that God has drawn close, that the kingdom is fulfilled, is fulfilled in the very person of Jesus, the very person who announces this message. The very good news that Jesus proclaims is embodied in his very person. It's Jesus who comes to each and every single one of us and offers his perfect love and invites us to respond. See, brothers and sisters, oftentimes in the church we have reduced the Christian life to simply knowing about Jesus, knowing information about him and his life and his ministry. And the doorway to know the fullness of God's life is to know Jesus, the medium, who is the message, to know him and not just to know about him. I think of words that Pope Benedict spoke about 10 years ago, he said, Christianity is not a new philosophy or a new morality. We are only Christians if we have encountered Christ. Only in this personal relationship with Christ, only in this encounter with the risen one, do we truly become Christians. This is why this invitation of Jesus to, to come to know him 
It's not just something from history on the beaches of the Sea of Galilee. This invitation transcends time and space to come to us here and now in this very moment, in this very place, where Jesus says, come to me. I want to know you, and I want you to know that I know you. That's the first invitation. The second invitation in the gospel today is the fact that we are to help others discover Jesus. Jesus says to Peter and Andrew, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of people. See, it's not enough. The Lord doesn't just want us to come to him and to help others out there who do not know him to come to him. The Lord wants to help us and even the people out there to help others come to know him, to be fishers of people, to, to catch people for him, to be instruments whereby others can come to know his grace and mercy in his life. Pope John Paul II in the year 2000 said this, speaking about a new passion for evangelization in the church that he hoped would arise, he said, this will not fail to stir up in the church a new sense of mission, which cannot be left to a group of specialists, but must involve the responsibility of all the members of the people of God. Let me ask you this morning, are there any members of the people of God in this building? I hope so. It must involve the responsibility of all the members of the people of God. Those who have come into genuine contact with Christ cannot keep him for themselves. They must proclaim him. And the Pope here is simply echoing the very words of Jesus. Once again, just like the first invitation, the second invitation is not just to Peter, James, and John. It's to us. The Lord wants us to be fishers of people, to be catching people for him. If you've been around our parish for more than a week, you've seen this, the game plan. It is our primary strategy for how we as a church, as a parish, do what the Lord is calling us to do. In a sense, it's how we fulfill those two invitations. It's how we help bring people to Jesus, and it's how we help people to help people to come to Jesus. You've seen it in our publications, and our communications, in the foyer, anywhere in this building, you're gonna see this. And at the heart of this process, as you know, is the experience of Alpha. And we've been talking about Alpha around here for a long time, seven years. And in those seven years, we've seen thousands of people come through Alpha, and we've seen hundreds of people come to know Jesus. And we've seen so many people go on to help others to come to know Jesus in a life-changing way. And the first couple of years, you remember, those of you who were around, we kept talking about it and talking about it, and you said, is he still talking about it? And I kept talking about it. And then after a while, it became a bit of a funny joke. You know, when we mentioned it, it was like we'd laugh a little bit. But you know something? Now, it's, now we know that it's just simply a part of who we are. It's what we do. It's our chosen tool. Because what happens in Alpha, people either discover Jesus for the first time or discover him in a new way for the first time. They come to know him. They experience the Holy Spirit in a new way. 
And when you come to know Jesus and you come to know the Holy Spirit, you come to know the Father, God the Father. And people also experience this amazing community. And finally, people become familiar with a tool that we use to help others come to know Him. They learn how to fish. They learn how to be fishers of people. And slowly, as people, as more and more people have experienced this and have entered into this, this strategy of being a dynamic church, our parish has been changed. It's been changed. But we're not finished yet, and the Lord continues to work in our midst. As many of you know, I was uh, recently over in Germany, just two weeks ago. Some of you were following on Twitter. There's a photograph uh, on the second day in the evening. I went towards the back of the crowd and took this picture with my cell phone. I wasn't even at the back. There were 12,000 people in this arena, this big place, 12,000. And you know, the average age was early 30s. I, I went to Germany under the belief that the church in Germany was almost dead. Now the parish system is almost dead. But people are still coming to know Jesus. And people are still helping others to come to know Jesus. They may struggle about how welcome they are in their parishes, but they get together like this and it was amazing. I was absolutely amazed by what I saw. Such vibrancy. In this gathering there were 60% Catholics and 40% non-Catholic Christians. They gathered together for a time of praise and singing and praying. And then also during the day they had mass, there was Eucharistic adoration, confessions. It was a phenomenal experience. Anyway, I was there ultimately because of you. I was asked to go there to tell them about you, about what God has been doing in our midst. And so I've got a little message for you from them. Can I just get the lights? Please, the lights. Lights, please. Lights off. There we go. All right. Okay, here we go. You ready? Did you notice, they, they didn't say, you can put the lights back on. You didn't, they didn't say, hello, St. Benedict Parish. They said, hello, St. Benedict Parish. They're very German. It was an amazing experience. And I, I want to you to experience them because they experienced you. And I just want to say today that, brothers and sisters, let's keep going. Let's keep going. The Lord's not finished with us. Amazing things have happened, but let's keep going. If there's anyone here today, you know, and you still haven't done Alpha, go and check it out. What do you have to lose? And besides, we're just going to keep talking about it anyway. We're going to drive you crazy. <laughs> Our next Alpha is on February 2nd, 6.30 to 9 p.m. You know, even go for one night, check it out, or go and invite someone. Because in doing this, we fulfill these two invitations of Jesus to come to Him and to help others to come to Him so that they too can hear a life-changing message that is no false alarm. So, on your mark, get set, go. Now speaking of Mark, we have another Mark. 
Mark Saldana. And I'm going to invite Mark to come forward to say a few words about his experience. Good morning, everyone. So I want all of you right now to imagine a 15-year-old boy. He's pretty shy. Uh, he was pretty obsessed with things of this world. And he didn't really care about others. And he definitely did not have a girlfriend. Like, not a chance. <laughs> and this was me five years ago. Everyone around me knew that I was looking for something more in life. And a lot of people told me about a conference. It's called the Steubenville Atlantic Conference. It's held for Catholic youth all across North America. And I did not want to go at all. And so you know our, our very own ex-pastor, the Father James Mallon. In order to get me to Steubenville, he bribed me. <laughs> he bribed me with a box of pizza. He said, Mark, if you go to Steubenville, I will buy you a box of pizza just for yourself. <laughs> and so with that, and with the convincing from many other friends, I decided to go. I said to myself, you know, Mark, how bad could this be? It's an all-inclusive trip paid for by your parents. There's going to be free food. There's going to be great music. And most of all, you know, like most 15-year-old teenage boys, I was absolutely sure that at this conference, I was going to find my spouse. <laughs> you know that classic Catholic girl that would walk around with a rosary in her hand, a veil on her head, even a long skirt. It was perfect. This was the weekend that I find my Miss Saldana after 15 long years of searching. <laughs> so I went to that conference, and by the end of it, I'd met Jesus Christ, and it was amazing. It was a complete game changer for me. I opened up my heart to God for the first time. And so remember I told you at the beginning of the conference I didn't have a girlfriend? I can confidently stand here today and tell you that by the end of that conference, the only Miss Saldana I met was my mother who picked me up from the bus stop. <laughs> so I found Jesus, no girlfriend, but I hear that through God all things are possible, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> but I realized that I had found Jesus, life had changed, but something was still missing. I didn't know what it was, so I let it slide and I kept living life. And when I was 19, so just last year, I was asked to be on the Alpha team. I'd never really done anything like that before, but I decided to say yes. And by this point, I had already known that Alpha had changed the lives of my mom, my dad, my brother, and even my grandma. Um, it was through this extremely welcoming environment of Alpha, the amazing live talks, the great small group discussions, and the wonderful, sweet, free food that I realized what I had been missing. I had a crazy realization. Some, some would even call it an epiphany. I realized that somehow, in some way, this world did not revolve around me. It's crazy, I know. 
but I met some of my best friends at Alpha. And these guys, they love to party. They tell you themselves that they were lost before Alpha. But through it, these friends of mine received healing from their past wounds, their battle scars, their insecurities. And they grew a heart for other people. They started serving the church and serving the people who are the church. All this time, I've been asking God, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to serve you? But I'd almost never stick around to hear the answer. I had realized what I had been missing. It was my surrender to God. Through the Holy Spirit, which everyone has the chance to experience at Alpha, God revealed to me that He wanted me to serve the vulnerable people of Nova Scotia. And this includes the poor, the homeless, the refugees, and the elderly. I was convicted. It's like these words were anointed. And while calling on the Holy Spirit, I had a vision of Jesus in his very last week of life. He was homeless, he was poor, he was a refugee, and he went without food. Jesus is most present in all of these people. And so through God's grace, and with the help of a lot of friends from Alpha, I start, we started an organization called Greater Love. And in the past six months, we spent over 750 hours with these vulnerable people. And because of Alpha, I finally understood what it meant to serve God and his people. God worked incredible wonders through me and for me. And through Alpha, I promise all of you that God is gonna do incredible things through you as well as for you. I invite all of you to try Alpha. And if you've already done it, you know how incredible it is. So invite your friends. Show the world the treasure that you've just found. Invite your friends, your family, make it a goal to invite at least 10 people. Imagine how the world would change if one of those 10 people showed up. We need to be proactive in our faith. After all, nobody just drifts towards God by simply standing still. The Holy Spirit is ever present in this parish. It's strongly blowing every single day. Together, why don't we throw up our sails and see where it takes us? Because I promise you that Alpha will be one of the greatest investments you make, not only in 2018, but for the rest of your life and for your next life. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to see the video version of the homily, please go to our website, saintbenedict.ca, S-A-I-N-T, benedict.ca, and then follow the link to our live stream.